Beach. Coming to today's game, beautiful day for football. I'm here with the gaffer, Don Strapsy, and he's going to tell us his best next one. Go on, boy, tell him. Yo, I told my players don't speak to rivalries. We need clean sheets to retrieve the title. Towering the goal, I ain't speaking either. There's only one man who Peter Schmeichel. And my team's better tell me who's getting past my left back, Patrice Evrock. And the right flank who dominated by Kafu, my right back, yes. So I got my side men, but I need my two centre backs right beside them, beside them. Be solid, my defenders should try. As you try me like, just come, just come, and then let me, let me pick you up. Because I pick him up, so I even said, okay, cool, come to Grace. I'll pick you up, I'll take you to where we record, then I'll drop you back home. That's what I did last time, I dropped him back home. Fair enough, I was, always, I, was always I was always falling asleep on the stairwell. But dropped him back home, then to do that. And then he's telling me that he has doctors at 320. You couldn't tell me that. What? Last week is when we confirmed it. Man couldn't tell. So I was just like, you know what, you're not serious. Even, that's the thing, even if it was... What's he talking about, five o'clock? So what was he expecting? It is. Like, like, I don't even... Five, uh, like. And he lives in Romford, you know. So he lives... All right. Anyway, guys. I know you've been waiting for this one. This is what I've been waiting for ages. I'm with my boy Ben. Yo. In the studio. I got in the studio Back with again. me, Manny, as well. Come on. Come on. Hey. Feel free to chip it if you can. <laughs> but if I can, if you can. <laughs> but like this one is more relaxed, guys. Like I said, this one's called The Rise and the Fall of the Number 10. Um, for you footy hipsters out there, I know you like to call it the Trequarista. You know, that's what they call the number 10 position. And obviously, like I said, like with this podcast, it's going to be alternating weeks. So one week, we're just like talking about what's going on, like a sporting event. Like last week was meant to, or the last week was called, um, what's it? Um, Wenger abused or Arsenal abused away of Wenger. You know, um, I wanted to call it um, the Prince and the Post, which was meant to be about uh, Pogba and the fact that he's hitting the post so many times and he hasn't scored. <laughs> yeah. No Pogba slander today. No Pogba slander, but obviously, but that's what it was meant to be called. But obviously, this day is just um, rise and fall of the number 10. Now, with these um, Finding Mode Focus um, podcasts, it's, like I said, it's all enabled to give you an in-depth knowledge of or details of a particular topic that I, like, I'm going on about. Like I said, I believe that even, like, seeing with Ben or Manny here, I don't like to say that I have more knowledge. I like to say that we all learn together. No, 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 no. I say that we all... No, 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 Don't say that, don't say that. Because I said it in the other... I don't like to say that I have more knowledge. That I just like the fact that we all learn together. I listen to other podcasts and from the podcast that I learn, I'm just like, raw. Everybody's got their own... So I can't say I have more... I may understand a particular part, a segment of a particular big picture better but it doesn't mean that my segment is going to be initially for the whole picture um so like what i said like once you listen a lot of you guys have been like giving me good reviews in relation to this a lot of you guys are dm me asking me when am i going to release my next podcast uh, we've got champions league tonight barcelona versus um uh juventus and uh 
Yeah, but like, and then Monaco Boy, versus. Um, yeah, head was hot when I was watching. <laughs> we we could go we could go into the fact that they cheated, but uh, we really? obviously yeah obviously they robbed by a minute. Two offside goals on <laughs> the lawful on lawful sending off of Vidal, but and then Cas- how Casemiro lasted in that event. One hundred twenty minutes. One hundred twenty minutes. Yeah, but obviously I'm gonna start with Ben first because I know I've got a whole lot to say. Ben. The rise and fall of the number 10. Obviously, first, just start with... What do you think is the number 10? What I think is... Yeah, what, what is the number 10? Like, everybody's like, what is the number 10? Well, number... T- all right, primarily, a number 10 is the... um That one player that holds, you know, between the midfield and the striker. But that's just position-wise. But I feel in terms of role and what you ask for them um, becomes different according to the personnel. Um... You know, there's some number 10s that are very goal-focused, like, what am I trying to think? I'll say, I'll say to a certain point, modern day-wise, yeah, Kevin De Bruyne is around that, but that's the one I can think of first on the top of my head. And then there's some that are obviously um, assist-focused, like the Ozos, and there's some that, you know, have both, um, both factors involved in it. Like the brain, actually. What am I saying? <laughs> <laughs> but all right, so like, for me, is um, is not a is a very flexible um role that you've got there in terms of the personnel that you've got. I don't think every team has a number ten, um, especially nowadays as well. That um, that you know, football starting to have that little shift. I think to me to a more defensive stance. So with that um comes layers. And you play, you know, you play players that will actually be involved in the defense, um, defensive transition, um, as well. Like so that when you're off the ball, um, when you're off the ball, you know you've got ten, um, ten outfield players that are yeah. actually going to be involved in it. And you know, uh, this is, this is being one sided saying it, but some people think that when you do play the number ten, um, you're sacrificing the player when you're defending. Because they're not going to be involved in it. Because they may be, they they may they may be waiting, you know, upfield with the striker, or you know, they're getting ready to be part of the counter attack or whatever it is like that. But in basic form, for me, what I see in number ten as is someone that um links units together, uh, especially between the midfield and up front, and they're just they're there as they're like. Oh, you're right there. Sorry, I thought it's They're literally just there to um, link units and, you know, to some certain degree, be a creative spark for the team and, um, you know, provide them with chances where not all players can see that. It's a very specialised role, but nowadays, like I said, the 10 is disappearing. And you see more defensively inclined players playing in the 10. Like how you've seen um, Jose try to do with Pogba some matches this season. You think, do you think Pogba's a 10? No, no, no. I'm saying Jose has tried that with him. Oh, okay. Like Jose has tried playing him in that role because, um, you know, the sacrifice that he makes um, of playing like a Mato or a Mkhitaryan there mm. is that when we're off the ball, they, can't, they are more or less useless in terms of their defensive positioning on their hunger to actually want to defend as well because that's how I feel... Um, especially defending football that you know you position all right cool strength whatever but you also, you also want to you have to want to defend to be a good team mm-hmm. in defending 
And so that's why um, you plays like players like Pogba now are starting to take those roles away from like the matters and the the Mkhitaryans, the creatives. So that it's just for me, it's, it's not got to do with just the role as a bigger picture thing that football's turning more to a defensive appreciation. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Nice, insightful from um, Ben, as always. Off the top of the head. Eesh, off the top. Um, just basically, guys. Uh, <laughs> I guess I've been waiting for this, waiting to talk about this for time. Um, the rise and the fall of number 10. Um, basically, is the number 10 dead? Uh, yes. In relation to the role, no. But in relation to the position, yes. I feel the position is, well, it's a bit strong to say dead. But, you know, football is in cycles. Right now, it's dead in its cycle. It's dead in its cycle. Um, obviously, like, unlike Ben, like, my, I've done a little bit of research into it because it's something that I've been thinking about for a long time. I wanted to talk about it for a while, obviously, even before I've started this podcast. The only thing was that the season where I really wanted to push it forward, that was the season that Ozil got um, 19 assists. And you know, like Arsenal fans coming at me, they'll just be like, no, I can't you see what Ozil's doing? But I was just like, really and truly, the number 10 position is dead. Um, The magic of the number 10 comes from the, like I said before, the Trekkerista's feet. Um, It's a player of inventiveness. It's a player of, um, it's a player capable of wrong-footing everyone. And sometimes he's not even aware fully aware of what he's doing um in 2000 in 2000 2001 um, roberto mancini uh, made a thesis for the uh, professional coach certification that was devoted to the role of the number 10 um what we need to understand is um or what some of you need to understand is some of the characteristics or criteria that come with the number 10 and its position um sublime um sublime on marking quality so it's struggle to man mark them um, obviously, we saw this weekend that Hazard got picked up by Herrera, so um, I don't know if <laughs> you want to call that exceptional, but you still got that. You've got, picked um, up is an understatement. Understatement. <laughs> understatement. You've got, you got great um, basic technical skills, um, good applied technical quality, technical ability, the fact that they're unpredictable. Um, they serve strikers with ease in various different ways. Um They've got that predisposition to dribble, um, individual play, run past people. However, on the flip side of a natural number 10, they've got a poor attitude to the defensive phase. Now, I'm just going to run some number 10s to you guys off the top of my head. What you need to understand, some of the 10s I'm going to say, I have not watched them to like, because football's been around for ages. So you've got the likes of Zico, Platini and Maradona. I don't watch these guys as much as I, I watch recent guys as of now, or maybe I started around a, a generation before. So like I said before, you've got original number 10s from that early era. You've got Zico, Platini, um, Maradona, and then you've got a follow a following area. You've got the likes of the Roberto Baggio's, and then it's uh, evolved again. You've got the likes of Rivaldo somewhat, Zidane, Rui Costa, then there's another segment you've got um the Inietma, what is it? Then you've got the Kaka era. That was just one man for like a complete and then after that you've got this new ten era where you've got the Matas, Silvas, um, De Bruyne, Ozil, Mikatarian. 
there's so many right now or what people like to call as 10 um in relation to that um i think like in like based on what ben said as well they've got um the emphasis is on creating if that makes sense they've got this um I'll say like number 10s naturally are renowned for that individual brilliance. They're renowned for their ultimate attacking play. They the way they touch the ball, the way they caress the ball, you know, they've just they've just got something that you can't quantify. They've just had that it's almost like it, I wouldn't even say how you touch a woman, but like you know a girl that you really like and like you know you, you know you know a girl that you really like, you pay attention. Number two, you see how Zidane used to touch the ball like he used to like Zidane. Hey, Zidane. Hey, Zidane was wavy. Oh my god! Some of the touches Zidane will put on the ball. Understand what I'm saying? Caress the ball. So much grace. So much. Oh my god! When I'm thinking about it, Zidane was absolutely unbelievable. His first touch. Well, what what I used to say is that okay. Number 10s have evolved. So, from the Zico, Platini, Maradona era, cool. The next era with the Zid, um, or the Skip era, you've got the Zidane's, the kind of Totti's, even though Totti was like a support striker, the, Zid, um, the Zidane era, Rui Costa. What you need to say, those players were a bit more physical than the previous era. I would say, I, I mean, Maradona was a bit stocky, in, but like Platini had that kind of, if you, I don't know if you see Zidane. Zidane was a bit had a Zidane had a bit of physique to him, not like um not hedge, but he was he was solid. If that makes sense, he had that ability to kill you with a step over, but also like let's go back to a game that everybody's watched that two thousand and six uh, World Cup final. There was some times where like you know that fat Ronaldo and Ronaldinho. Ronaldinho also was physical. Yeah, I don't know if anybody know, but as much as a dribbler he was, very physical. You couldn't easily knock him off the ball. He had that kind of strength to him. Oh, I mean, like, what, what Champions League game was that? Where he shifted John Terry. <laughs> he absolutely... And John Terry, he, he bullied him off the ball, like... And obviously, it was so much that John Terry was even calling foul. So, those are, like, the old-school number 10s. Those are, you know... And what and what led me to this podcast today is that I believe that those players are dead. Now, they have got so many different aspects as of to why. I even forgot to mention Raquel May, also another graceful oh, number yes. 10. Actually, I think he was... The perfect 10. The perfect 10. Arguably, the perfect 10. If we're talking about... I'm not, I'm not saying the best, but perfect. The Grace. The, what, yeah, what you could define as a 10. No defensive, like, Defense, nothing. But he left foot, right foot, wasn't fast, but his technical ability was... Was wow. Like, basically, a lot of people just said that. I mean, that 2006 World Cup, say one, a lot low-key, if not for the the fact that... Who did Argentina get knocked out to? They, they lost on penalties to Germany, I think. Yeah. Those are the likes of... Um, there was one German player that used to like then, Borowski. Uh, uh, but, uh, oh, what's his name they had a fight all of those had like the Torsten Frings the um the Schneider there was a Schneider then that played for Germany that was a Lahm was playing at left back or right back or left right, whatever, right. whatever but there was um Borowski or like there was one guy he was he was a midfielder was he? Yeah, I thought he was sick I thought he was really good 
Bob, uh, I'll try and I'll try and find the name, but like he played with um Torsten Frings, and then you got Miroslav Klose up front, and then um there was another guy, short guy, he used to play for Bayern Leverkusen. Is a striker. I've even forgotten his name. I've forgotten his name, but if you guys listen to this, he was short. Um, he used to play with close. Oh, I can't remember. Like, if you, 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 you can check. Oh, I didn't even know. But um, basically, I think right now that the number 10 position is dead. And I'm just going to obviously just go back and forth with um, Ben here in relation to that. Now, the first thing I want to get to Right now, I know a lot of you think that there are a, a lot of number 10s presently or a player that you could define as a number 10. Um, the first point I want to make is that I don't think we've had a number 10 play his position and his role currently to a high level apart from Mesut Ozil. I feel that Mesut Ozil is the only one who plays in a quote-unquote big team that plays a number 10 position. And he has to do the role. You understand what I'm saying? Um, I think that's that you could say that's due to um, the changing systems, changing ideology of teams right now. But I think it's in relation to, I don't think the tens of this day are actually as good as we make them out to be. I mean, we rate them now because we, we, we've only got this to rate. To be. But one of the criteria of the number 10 is they're unmarkable. Ozil marks himself out of games. It's quite it's quite arguable. Like, even if he's not doing a defensive contribution, he can just disappear. Like, honestly, it's not no knock against... I'm not trying to slate him, but he just disappears. In relation to that, I feel like most 10s now, they, they're, not, not, they're no longer 10s in relation to the role, um, in relation to the position. The role they might play, I mean... Give an example. Coutinho, I think he's a 10 that plays left wing. Silva, I think apart from last season, the first seat, the final season, the final season under Pellegrini, when Pellegrini moved him central, he started playing Sterling on the left because it was that Sterling collar of combo. And then I think he was playing Navas on the right and then playing Fernandinho and um, Torre sitting. Um, you got Silva playing left wing. Mata somewhat left wing. Center left wing comes off the left wing. De Bruyne now, even though he played 10 last um, ten last season, now he plays for what? Like a centre midfielder. Silva and um, De Bruyne play a centre midfielder, but they have attacking responsibilities. They don't, none of, they don't occupy the position of the 10. They have the, somewhat have the role in their, you know, Hazard doesn't play the 10 position, but he is the most creative player. We, we say that the 10 is the most creative outlet on the team. The one that's meant to be pulling the strings together. He's that. Um, who else? Uh, Ericsson. Ericsson somewhat floats off the left. Um, Pochettino has played him from the left, doesn't always play him in the centre, plays him from the left. Who else can I think of? There's so many. Payet was played off the left. He was the most... Payet was the most creative player on the team, playing off the left. And like I said, Silva before. James, well, we we know how that went out. um, Ancelotti came in. Was it Ancelotti? Not even Ancelotti. Who came in? Um, Zidane came in and then put him to the bench. Yeah. So in relation, I think the role is still there, but the position, and I think like a lot of things you need to take into consistent um, consideration is that I feel right now football is more about systems. Number ten, if you have that kind of position, 
you're you're kind of sacrificing team structure because right now you defend as a team, you move as a team, you attack as a team. I feel number ten because it had no defensive responsibilities. It was almost seen as a liability, and it was also seen as a liability because I don't think the tens right now are as individually good as the tens of the past. They might score more goals. They rack up more numbers, but I don't think talent-wise, they're as good as... I mean, you look at Raquel, mate. I love Kevin De Bruyne. You know I love him so much. I You know that. Mm-hmm. But in terms of technique and talent, he's not holding a candle to Raquel, mate. But don't you think it's because of the pressures of nowadays that... Um, think of how quickly managers are getting out of their jobs. Like... At the end of the day, yeah, the, the most basic thing about it is that in order to keep my job, I don't need to, I have to stop conceding goals. You know, okay. Because I'm going to lose. Yeah, they need some statistical justification of why they'll need a player playing a 10 role in that team. Yeah. So, in order for you to actually, you know, have that sort of freedom as a player um, to be creative and, you know, be able to take the risk, um, risk and do the risky passes you need to be getting some numbers on the board. And that's what De Bruyne does. So for me, he's he's playing the role according to what um, in this day and age a 10 should be doing. They need to be getting the production. Like if you look at, even if you look at um, Zidane's statistic stats, yeah, his stats are poor. Like they're not, yeah. they're not good. Zidane's stats aren't good, but you've seen what, what he adds to a game when he, when he comes on individually and within the team. Exactly, so that's what that's what I'm saying. That tens today are not as because okay, you know there was this big argument that if De Bruyne is not scoring or assisting, you can't see him in the game. Yeah, there was there was a huge and I was just like, nah, you because I think this season, a lot more this season. Like if you watch Manchester City, if his name's not on the score sheet, you can still see how integral he is. But before, if he's not scoring or assisting, he's not in the game. So what I feel is that. I get what you're saying right now. Like, there's a lot of pressure on managers and things like that. But what if, what, okay, in relation to a player like Kaka, no matter what or however, whatever team you played, whatever team you set up, there's no way you would not play a Kaka in the hole in the number 10 position. I don't care if it was. Well, Kaka produces, though. Yeah, he, pro- he produced. No, no lie. But he was so good, yeah, to the point whereby, okay, now you can sacrifice. Your number 10. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So uh, I'll get on to another point later, but I'll say that number 10s gave gave space for... They've sacrificed number 10s. They've now um, given mobile registers or whatever they call mobile playmakers, if that makes sense. Players who, like, operate on both ends of the pitch. So, like, Thiago now is, like, one of the best in both defensive contribution and attacking contribution. You've got the likes of Kroos... Um, even though I know he's not a good defender, but his positional awareness, if that makes sense, because he's always in those positions, it looks like he's, you know, defensively solid. Yeah. You've got the likes of Mourinho didn't sold matter because what he was looking for is contributions on both ends of the pitch. Yeah. And I'll also say that, I'll say this later, but I think Jose Mourinho is a big factor as to why number 10s are not as appreciated. <laughs> I will say it's a huge, forget the fact that he, I'll talk about that Ozil part in a bit, but, I just feel that if you're that good as a 10, surely you play your position regardless of the system. 
listen, the, when it comes to creativity, yeah, you can't guarantee that that's, that's going to be consistent on week in, week out. But don't you think that, that that's a reflection of how poor these players are now? Yeah, I guess so. To, that you could argue that, yeah. Because I think, you know, they're, they're depending on their creativity. And if they're not um, producing um, that to, you know, a high consistent level all the time, yeah, you can say that. Because, um, you know, when you're comparing the Bruyne to, like, the Zidane's and the Vicalmas, they were doing it week in, week out. Like, even if they don't get an assist or um, a goal, you can see their contribution, what they've done. You get what I mean? Like, but I can't see De Bruyne doing that. Like, De Bruyne, I can't see De Bruyne. That's why I go against what you said before, yeah? If the true say, if De Bruyne doesn't get a goal and assist, I don't, I, it's hard for me to see what he's got to do mm. to do have a good performance. Because I don't see anything else he can do other than just be an effective player and get, you know, create the chances or whatever. But I don't see him going past five players or, or six players doing a, a madness like that because that's not him. He's, he's out of his, he's out of his um talent, he's out yeah. of his talent pool. He can't do it. But what he can do is get goals, whether it's him scoring it or creating it for someone else. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. I see that. But even like I just that I think in terms of grace, I mean the nearest person that you could have is probably Ozil. In terms of the grace of a number ten, how elegant he's got that. You know, but the only thing about it is right now is that the problem with Ozil is that he marks himself out of games. He, I don't know if he switches off. And I know this might be, I know Arsenal fans, maybe Arsenal fans listen to say might be like, oh, you're chatting rubbish. But I wanted Kante to go to Arsenal this summer so much because I knew that, look at what he's done for Chelsea. If Kante went to Arsenal yet, yeah, Ozil would have been a free bird. Like, I wouldn't... A player that can remove... A number 10 is doesn't even care about his defensive responsibilities. But Kante can take up, like, three, four... Like, he takes up, like, the load of, like, three, four players. And ideally, he would only have to take the, the load of one player. And that's Ozil. Hmm. Just one. Because if he's your most creative player, and we all know that Ozil creates chances like a... Like, like he, he creates chances for fun. For bums. So, well, even if for fun, but he creates chances for fun. Imagine putting Ozil on a pitch and saying, you don't have to defend. Arsenal fans get on to me like, oh, where's Ozil's defensive contribution and things like that. No, he tracks back. Yeah, but, but now, but imagine if he didn't have to. Yeah. All, he, all he just had to do was create. You understand what I'm saying? And if he was doing that, like how we all know he would, he can not, not, not many players hold a, can, a candle to him. But all this, how systems are now, defenders are teen, they're seen as a liability. And because of the fact that he doesn't help himself with the fact that he can take himself out of games, you know, it's all come to the point where, okay, cool, maybe a system needs to put in place, you know, that might hinder him. Or like right now, their um, teams are now playing with a lot of deep blocks. And this is where I get onto Jose Mourinho. My goodness. <laughs> Deep, deep block king and you know what even Mourinho didn't like the classic number 10 look what he did to Schneider Schneider was black you could see one of the first examples in the modern day of a moving or apart from Xavi but like a moving 
but just like a mobile playmaker helps out on the defensive end, helps out on the attacking end. Even though we knew that Schneider was like a number 10 itself, he was helping out both ends of the floor. Both ends of the floor is not basketball. Both ends of the pitch. You understand what I'm saying? He really had that. He played like a... When attacking, played like a 10. When defending, it was like eight and a half. Mm-hmm. Or like an eight and a six. And like he was just like the whole, the whole midfield. You know, he had to have that work rate and things like that. And obviously from then we've slowly started to move away. I mean, before Schneider was what? The Kaka era. Kaka was like, I mean, Kaka was, Kaka was basically God amongst men. Basically. Basically. He was basically God amongst men. He was, (laughs) you couldn't do nothing. Once Kaka gets in flow, transition, he had the passing, he had the dribbling, he could take on like five, six players. He had to score, he could shoot from distance, penalties, he could finish like a striker. He, a perfect, perfect player for a ten. Perfect. He had you could have you could have bat him off. He had that thing, you know, when he's running at full pace. That you're trying to grab his arm. Long, the the slap. Yeah. I used I, I call it the slap. When you're trying to hold a attacking people this other, you're just slapping the other person away. You just slap. Ah oh, nah. And Drogba had it. Drogba had it as well. Like you're holding the on to them. The handoff. They just ah. Oh, you that strength. <laughs> you can't you can't take the ball off me, but. In relation to that, but I feel like Mourinho had a lot to do with it, because right now everybody everybody now plays deep blocks, takes away the number ten, which is why I feel like right now the position has gone. The role has been the role will be spread out to like. I mean, now you've got like I mean the opportunity. Um, the the main definition is to create chances for the striker, create chances for the team. Look at a team like. You know, like Spurs now. How many players are creating chances? The fullbacks are creating chances. Exactly. The wingers and but that's because obviously, like what you said, the individual quality was reduced a lot. So that that responsibility has to be spread out amongst a number of players because you can't just depend on one individual to do it anymore. They can't like. So 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 you do agree that it's possible that players are just not as good as enough. Yeah, yeah. I don't think one player can um fulfill the role of a ten that is more spread out now. That's why. You see fullbacks becoming more and more part of the attack as well. Um, like, for example, how Spurs play. you got, like, the Son, Kane. I mean, Son, Ali and, er- and Ericsson behind Kane. And, like, obviously them three. It's not just Ericsson that's in charge of, um, you know, creating the chances or get, getting the goals or whatever. It's spread out amongst all of them. And then you have the Walkers and the Danny Roses on the outside um, producing the crossings as well, like, like if you see really Son Son and Ali don't even though they they show you on papers them playing as a winger they're not they're like it's basically three of three of them in the middle playing as a 10 doing for doing the 10 role doing the 10 role and then so like that's in relation to not a lot of I, I just feel I just feel I don't feel that we produce a lot of players now I feel I feel like the average technique of a player has increased but I feel like it's increased, but they're all in a... I don't the think peak we, has reduced. The peak has reduced, yeah. but the overall the overall level has increased. So it's kind of like it's, it's shortened it and then you've got a bunch of... Which is why now, yeah, when we um, compare tens, everybody's like, okay, ah, uh, we've got Ozil. You've got, you got some people saying Ozil. People saying KDB. People saying Hammers, People saying um, Mata. People saying Silva. Everybody's in and around... That area, but before 
You say Kaka, that's it. You say Raquel, mate, you're not, that's it, like, <laughs> you, you ain't got, you haven't got, like, a, you don't have a band. You just have somebody who is far away, clear mm. of the rest, but now it's the thing whereby the peak is reduced. You haven't seen it, even Iniesta. Iniesta was more consistent than Kaka. I don't think Iniesta had the peak of Kaka. No. Iniesta will go down as a greater player, greater career, everything. You know, I'm not saying Iniesta's a bum, but even in relation to Iniesta and Zidane, Iniesta is more consistent than Zidane ever was. But Zidane's peak, like, at his very it's best... I don't think as much as I love Iniesta and I'm a I'm a mover for the Iniesta over Zidane. I don't feel like his peak could have come next to Zidane's. Do you think that's um because of think of the system that Iniesta had been playing in all his life? Really, he's always been he's been doing the ten roll, yeah, but he's always been doing it in a trifecta, isn't it? Like um, free, free, yeah, in a free, and he's always involving a holding midfielder. Um, let's say it'll be Iniesta playing a 10 row and then a box-to-box like a Chavi or something like that or someone just um, a supporting attacking midfielder whatever you can call it yeah but he was never that out and out um, midfielder there that had like two midfielders behind him as security it was, all, it was always um, either that um, let's say if Chavi goes forward he has to hold back now as, um, to provide security as well like it was, ne- it was never purely down to him to um, you know have that creative um spot there if you get what I mean. Yeah, but do you think that's do you think that's more down to the lack of the player or the increase in the system? Iniesta can do that, man. Come on. I'm not I'm not saying he can't yeah. do that. Yeah. But he wasn't you need to think about it. Iniesta was playing extra Xavi. So I mean Kaka was playing next to who? Perlo. Mm. Arguable mm, yeah uh, I get what you mean. It's true. You, you could, you could, that. you could say that. But Pelé will happily hold back, um, hold back and pull strings from behind there. But Xavi always got involved in the in the attack as well, internationally and um for the club as well. Yeah, he did. And well, they always had whether it be Alonso, or Busquets, or or to a very rare point. But like they played. They, they, they played. Had, they played all four one. of them at point. They'll um, play oh, Iniesta yeah, 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 left yeah. wing. So they could... When that uh, was when they were trying to force Fabregas as well. Fabregas, so they will play like yeah. Iniesta, Silva, uh, Iniesta, Silva, Fabregas, yeah. Xavi, Alonso, and Busquets. It's, it's, they have too much choices <laughs> though. Just trying to put the... Moving like his FIFA. <laughs> they just played all midfielders. But, um, I mean, I, get, I just feel like, on average, the average technique has improve, improved a lot. Like, back in the previous day, the gap between a number 10... And the rest of the team was so dramatic. Yeah. Was so dramatic. I mean, apart from the like that, um, sorry, I'm not sounding like a hipster here, but I just do know this. Zico played in a very talented team. Maradona, somewhat. I think Platini was more of a, like a shining light. And then obviously you go back to the the likes of the Baggio's, the Lordrops. I'm not a hipster, just please. Yes. But like, just, just think about it. Like the gap between the best player and the second best player was huge. Mm-hmm. Was substantial. Let me not say huge. But now, you know, that you don't see that, there's not really a gap. Everybody has that good, apart from Lukaku. <laughs> first touch like a leper, man. That I guy's first touch down, is so understand. dead. Oh my days. Do you know, do you know what he'll be able to do if he has a good first touch? If he, 
And people don't. Oh, I don't want to get into. I don't want to get into Lukaku, but oh my gosh, he's oh his first touch. Oh, I know a lot of people think that it's not a problem. It's a big. But for, if for you're me, stra- if listen, you're, as a coach, yeah, I'm telling you now. <laughs> even from from young, yeah, when you're looking at all these players, especially the elite players, yeah, first touch is the mo- If if you if all the te- technical skills you don't have and you only have one, first touch is the one that I want you to have. I don't understand how can you not have a good first touch especially in the pressurised environment okay cool you can pass but if someone passes you the ball and you have a dead touch how are you going to show me that you can pass the thing is that like hold on I don't want to get too carried away but the first (laughs) touch thing I think right for Everton yeah it's a decent thing because they don't when you're playing for a big club strikers are defenders are more on your case of your striker so you're suffocated so you have to have be able to have that good first touch to be able to do something yeah. so you don't go chase it. The only person, the only striker I know that had a crap first touch, but his first touch was to dribble or Suarez. Suarez, yeah, you touch yeah. the ball, but he's using that to dribble you. Yeah, That's touch heavy, is a dribble. A it's a heavy touch, touch, but it's a dribble because you're not getting that ball before him. But someone like Lukaku now, imagine like you're playing like you move up to a level, yeah. you know, and everybody, that's and what I'm week saying. Week in, week out, you're facing week in, week against out, a low block. Yeah, week in, week <laughs> out, you're facing against a low block. Everybody, you come to Old Trafford, deep block. Understand what I'm saying? Even Giroud, Giroud has an amazing first touch. Yeah, I don't think us, for so a for a big man, each first touch is amazing. So if you have a bad first touch, no matter how much goals you score, when you move up a level, more attention is placed afford, on you. You can't, you can't afford to, to not have a good touch. That's why he's not ready for a big club. For That's him. what I think. I think, you know, it might be different unless they're like giving him chances where you have to head and stuff. You know, you have to head, you know, the ball comes across. But like, sometimes you're going to be a tight place. You need that bit of, um, that bit of, that bit of like, sharpness, that yeah. bit of like, when Van Persie came, Van Persie was like, his first touch, he'll roll it. And then, you know, if you don't have that, you're not going to be getting those. But like we say, like, back to number 10. Like, yeah. um, as as the as the main thing is that I just don't, I feel like the position is... That in the whole position has been sacrificed. It's been sacrificed a lot for team structure. It's been sacrificed a lot for... Um, I would say team structure. I would say that 10s not being as technically superb as they once were. Not saying that they're not good. You know, because we have a bunch of 10s now who are... I mean, I love Kevin De Bruyne's effectiveness. So, um, Hermes Rodriguez, you know... Um, that, that's the thing. Do you think is like a bit of a pass and pass with that? Obviously, technically, they're not um, that good. But in terms of final third, their decision-making has gone a lot more better. Yeah, the, deci- uh, the decision... It's like a sacrifice. Yeah. Through, like. It's decision-making... It's, the decision-making has gotten far better. Yeah. Okay, what happens is that? The decision makers got far better. Consistency is worse. You think? Are our tens now consistent? Okay, yeah. If they don't Kevin De Bruyne is, me, is a big game consistency. Like that's like what I said. If they don't get a goal and assist, yeah, they, it's hard for them to contribute to the game. It's hard to justify their performance. Yeah, yeah. So, like, Ozil, that Ozil was technically... Su- I, I would say... I'm not saying that he holds... I'm not saying, like... But... Because I'm not an Arsenal fan. You can see... As in, I can see why Arsenal fans say they see a Zidane-esque in Ozil. Boy. What, what I mean, listen. Boy. Listen, wait. I bash Ozil a lot, but oh, 
think take into consideration yeah, bro, his first touch. I don't see it, man. Zidane's a winner, bro. No, I'm not. I'm not. Compa- I'm not. I'm not I, you see, <laughs> I didn't say. I didn't say. I didn't compare. Zidane's him. a winner. Zidane <laughs> wins trophies. <laughs> I'm not at me. <laughs> I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I'm, uh, guys, listen to it. I'm not saying he is. You know, Zidane, because obviously the, the Zidane Vikilmis, they had that subtle. His touch, yeah. Put like this, yeah. Technical ability. Ozil's ahead of his peers. Oh, yeah, no, no. He's the most technically advanced. He, he's the most technically... Out, out, out of the one we have now, that includes silver. I am ready to Whoa. say that. No, no, no. What? Ozil's technique is nuts. Hey, oh, my... No, listen. I bash, I bash him a lot. The only reason why I'll put Ozil ahead of silver, yeah, is because he can do it at pace as well. His technique yeah. is crazy. Like, listen, I think we've been... We, we're seeing too much of... I'm not saying... I'm not saying silver. Silver also is a gem. If I had to pick between the two, I'm taking silver. Is it? What, between Ozil and silver? Yeah, yeah, I'm taking silver. I can work but, with Ozil, man. But Ozil's touch is nuts. <laughs> you, nah, sometimes when I'm watching an Arsenal game and I see what Ozil does, yeah, you know I've got my, I wouldn't say agenda against him, but I keep on saying that like Kevin De Bruyne is better because obviously ability is nothing till, pro- till it's proven. You understand what I'm saying? Cabrera is starting still. And he's yeah, Cabrera's putting numbers. He's you understand what I'm saying? You see, this is the problem exactly now. There's too much. There's the thin lines between each and every one of them. None of them is clear. No. You understand what I'm saying? You, you, I, I'm, I'm talking now about how Ozil's touch is unreal, and I'm at the same in the same breath. I'm saying, if I had to choose, I'd have Silver and Kevin De Bruyne ahead of Ozil. You understand what I'm saying? Which is which is um, could be used to be like the way football is changed now. You understand what I'm saying? It's all systems now. So maybe because of the, the way the system is played. But another thing, if I had Ozil and I had Kante or a defensive midfielder who is shut down, who can do two-player jobs, mm. like a Vidal or something. But, but that kind of answers your question as well because you just said that, you know, you're, you're, you're choosing that player, but you will choose Ozil if you get an auxiliary part If I get him. an auxiliary part to him, yeah. yeah so, which means it's... So, you're not choosing Ozil. So, I'm not choosing Ozil. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so, like, so I have to have a... Most of the tens of the other era, I put Zidane anywhere. Yeah. I don't care if you're... If you're uh, yeah. who, who, did, who said it? The famous one that said it? Ferguson. What did he say? He said, give me Zidane and um, 10 pieces of wood. <laughs> I swear he said it. Hold on. Let me just check. Let me just, let me just, let me just check it before... Um, let me just check it before 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 I, before I get onto it. Hold on, hold on. But I'm sure it was Zidane. That flipping Shanta Shanta Ferguson will get onto you or something at Shanta Ferguson. Hold on. Yeah, hold on. Football Twitter has more prisoners. Yeah, that's what Ferguson said. What? Um, Ferguson said, "Give me Zidane and ten pieces of wood." And I'll win you the Champions League. Ten pe- do, do you know what that basically means? Give me Zidane and Duds. And I'll win you the Champions League. What you have to have some sort of technical ability which is far beyond your peers' levels. You, think I, I'm, I'm saying, oh, give me, you have to give me um, Ozil and Kante. You have to give me, exactly. which is that. Allow it. Give me Zidane and 10 pieces of wood. All of these players now, all these number 10s, like, give, give me one, I need something else. 10 pieces of wood, which shows the lip, you know. I'm sure, um, I'm sure by Lionel Messi, Ferguson will say, 
Kaka is the only other player that's really, really torched him. And Kaka, at the same time, was like an unbelievable talent. He was an unbelievable player. So it's just, it's just, like you guys say, I mean, I mean, you guys that are listening to this, I mean, you might have your different views. You might have your different theories. But I personally believe the role is dead. Um, the position's dead. Sorry, I keep on getting it. The position is dead. The role isn't. But the players that do the roles now, my, my opinions on them are divided. Like, Coutinho is primarily the number one, uh, what do say, ball handler, but playmaker for Liverpool. He's inconsistent. I mean, big games, yeah, but inconsistency. Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, I, I I would say Kevin De Bruyne is probably one the of most, the most probably the most the most consistent and productive. Yeah. If we're, if we're looking at both, but even then, even he's then not, he's not even con- he's not consistent enough for me. Yeah, even yeah. then he's not consistent. Özil, bum. I mean I the team. The, the, nah, the team. Um, <laughs> The team. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I put it out there. He's a uh, bum. Ozil's a bum, man. <laughs> no, no. I, I rate, I rate Ozil, but obviously, given like, give or take, like the criteria that have happened now. Um. So yeah, I mean, you could, you could also say, like I said before, like um, the fact that the tens now have kind of faded is given prominence to like, like I said before, uh, mobile playmakers, you know, um, playmakers who are now asked to do both the attacking and defending due to how the team is. So you've got Pogba both ends, Isco as well. You know, Isco has had to kind of learn how to play in that centre midfield. Yeah. That centre midfield, no longer that centre attacking midfielder he was where he played against Malaga. Mkhitaryan has to... Mkhitaryan plays off the left, yeah, off the right. So, you know, most of these players now know how to play two, three positions. They have to. Yeah, if they they want a career. Like, look at James. James is what riding bench because (laughs) Real Madrid don't play that out and out number 10. Yeah. Where where they used to do under Ancelotti where James has got a lot of games and he's not as effective. Kevin De Bruyne has has had to look... I think Kevin De Bruyne can play wing. He can play off the wings as well. yeah. You know, off the wings, off the centre midfield, centre attacking midfield, deep. deep. I mean, uh, Peppers had him play deep. Silva's coming off the left. Silva can play somewhat CM now. Uh, Coutinho off the left. Hazard off the left. Uh, I'd love to see Hazard play as a 10. It's not happening in that system. It's not happening in that system, but I would just, in a 4-2-3-1, I would love to see, or whatever formation it is, I would just love to see him as a hub playing in the middle. Right now, he, he... buzzes around so that is basically it I mean do you have anything I mean guys that's basically it from me I mean do you have anything you want to say because um, I've got a follower that wants to ask you a question just adding on to obviously the depletion of the 10 is that um, people mix it up a bit as well sometimes in um, the rise of a second striker now as well Mm. In terms of, um, oh, that's coming. Yeah, that's coming. Yeah, kind of coming. Dybala's leading it. it oh, Griezmann. You think? Nah. No, no. I'm, Griezmann. Griezmann started it. Kind Dybala of. is leading it now. Yeah, but it was who? Who? Who could I think of? Griezmann, Dybala. Who else? A lot of teams are now yeah, starting to. I'm thinking. Pedro's. Would you say Muller? Muller. Yeah. Well, not now, but. When Lewandowski first came, Muller. Somewhat yeah. of a... The second striker is kind of... It's coming. It's kind of coming. Yeah. And like, there was... I mean, like, you could... The only the only period where there was another second striker was probably the... 
Totti Del Piero. Yeah. You could call them ten. You could kind of second strap because they were. I wouldn't say like Del Piero was like a playmaker like that. Yeah. But second striker. Like what? Um, for for me, what I define as second striker is is not, um, particularly what they're doing in the attacking phase, but in the defensive phase. And um, for example, you brought up Griezmann now. Um, Griezmann actually supports, um, whether it be Tor- Torres or Gamero, um, on the attacking line to actually um, you know, block the passes. He's not when they lose the ball. He's not going back to the midfield unit, um, to defend. He's up. He's up there with Torres. But when they're on the ball, he drops into that space in between yeah. the midfield and the attacking attacking unit. But he's obviously more inclined towards the attacking unit. Yeah. He never drops further on back to like Koke or Gabi. So like, I think it's more to do with the defensive phase than the attacking one. It's just that they're just more committed to it. But it's that that one is, a, is an awkward responsibility to have. But, you know, like we said, there's young players coming up that are bossing yeah. it. Yeah. Um, just uh, like a few of you guys who um, spoke to me about this. Um, what's his gay's name now? Um, K... R N B K. Oh, I don't know, oh, but he was talking. He was talking to me about it. I just appreciate your input, Mo, who told me to read his article. Um, shotgun, Mo. yeah, shotgun YouTube. I've forgotten his. Oh, he said it. Midnight Gaz, Gazzy. Um, so I should put some input into it. Just uh, a lot of you guys who have spoken to me in relation to it, and I really appreciate that. But I've just got one question here for one of my followers who said I should just ask this, um, and I'm just going to ask you. Um, name is I am Derek IV. IV, yeah, I think that's how to say it. Uh, he just he asked me a question today. It's just like, why do we compare ability alone more than impact and success when it comes to who's a better player? Okay, <laughs> I thought it was a tasty question because I've it done is. it so much. So, I'm assuming by the way, um, he's worded that that is of the modern mindset. Obviously, definitely, obviously yeah. is that you know he's probably more um stats inclined um than the like just a qualitative type of thing or just looking at a player performing um do you say why we compare ability and why we appreciate ability more than impact kind of yeah I don't think we do though. I think it's the opposite of that mm, because I, I don't know like a lot of people would be like Mbappe no not Mbappe there was a there was something going on in the timeline. They said Rashford is a better player than Dele Alli. Um, I don't think you can... Why are you comparing them, bro? Based on influence, you can. Oh, an influence, yeah. But... I don't know. He's exactly. Uh, Ability-wise, ability Rashford is clear. clear. But in terms of... I can put it like this. Ability will say like this. Is Rashford a better striker yeah. than Ali is? Ali is another support striker as well that you're saying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. uh, but is Rashford a better striker than Ali is a support striker now? No. No, he's not. He's not. Yeah. But who's got more ability? Rashford. Exactly. So people be like, yeah, Rashford's better. Yeah, but this, I think, the, once again, going back to the modern mindset thing, you always want to answer to something nowadays, isn't it? You always want to narrow it down to something. Um, you know, back in the day when you had all these creatives around, um, obviously they were getting compared to each other and all of this, but yeah. they didn't really care about who created more yeah. chances. Yeah, they didn't really care it about like, that. 
they just appreciated of what they were doing. So, uh, I don't know. I think we lost that though. I don't. I think that question is wrong, man. I don't care. The question is wrong. Word it properly, yeah. Because <laughs> it's the other way round. For me, ability is some depreciate depreciated now in terms of the, in terms of like appreciating a player. It's about the impact. Like you see all the time after a match, people are going on like squawker or whatever yeah. data analysis football data analysis some fingers and retweeting the stats that that player has produced for the for the match like and for me it's not about ability man not about not anymore there's too much pressure in football for for you pe- to just for people to there's too much pressure and money in football for a club to be depending on a player's individual ability only so you think it's more than you think now you can't just use ability. No, you I feel I feel like if, if, for me personally, yeah, it's so easy for me to use ability, but at the same time, because of we have to take into we have to move with the times. If at, at the same time, I'm stuck in an old mindset, trying to adapt to a new mindset because I look at and I'm I'm guilty. I use this yardstick to favor myself. You look at um, uh, who are they comparing? Was it Hazard and another player? Ability-wise... It's probably Neymar or some stupid... Well, it's just, just some different things, but yeah. performance-wise, Hazard's not really... Well, he is. But, obviously, his, his, his Champions League CV is kind of dusty. Very... very <laughs> his Champions League CV... That's complimenting. <laughs> that's complimenting. It's very air. So... It's Moving very, like a gunplay <laughs> with those stats. Yeah, his Champions League... So, it's, it's their thin lines between... I just, I just say that people, when you are trying to judge a player... Um, if they are um, putting their ability out there, um, ability-wise, um, I keep on saying this, Ravel Morrison is probably one of the most technically gifted midfielders I've ever laid my eyes on. But it will never be seen. But it will never be seen. <laughs> probably right now, you could... If I... Rio Ferdinand said it. Yeah, yeah, he said it. Yeah. Ravel Morrison is, better, is a better technical Pogba. position than Pogba. Yeah, he said that. That's a huge statement to make because Pogba is insane. To, to say that's it, but nobody's going to look at it and say like, uh, you know, I've always said Mario Balotelli is probably one of, in recent modern years, one of the most complete strikers we've ever had. Left foot, right foot, strength, dribbling, Pace. aerial ability, yeah. pace, free kicks, long shots. Balotelli has, there is not a physical attribute that Balotelli lacks. Not one. Good hold up. You want to run off the marker. You, anything he has, but you know, that's head, all. It's, that, that's just all it's going to be. So yeah, Ben, I just want to thank you for joining me today. Thank Hope you have you a nice me. drive back to see your... I think you're going to see your missus tonight, isn't it? Huh? Huh? So, girls, hey, follow... Hey, no, no, I'm single, I'm single, I'm single. I'm <laughs> single. Follow, follow my man. I'm on, single. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, um, shout out to um, Talk That Talk podcast, um, Future Tequila, Seats Podcast, Touchline Fracas. Um, all of you lot, man. You lot just... just podcasts are just a blessing and I'm, I'm as interested to listen as I am to speak about it. so I just want to thank you hopefully we'll be back next week 
talk more in depth about the club situation going on right now. I don't like that man, Jersey United. I said, I'm going to make it a Champions League. I'm going to make it a Champions League, guys. You're going to make it a Champions League. Oh, FA Cup weekend. Alright, but goodbye, guys, and God bless. It needs Peace. to play truly. My first centre forward, Wayne Bruni. Balance. He needs to bang in goals. I could get old school and pick out Andy Cole. Andrew Cole.